Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. There's no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> Good man, a lot of time. Which direction we are going? That wrecked me, El Camino. It would have been DWI. We have reached. A tipping point. Good evening, good evening, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and all those who identify as non-binary. It is time once again for the tipping point. Our special guest, David Ali. Larry Goodman comes through again with another great guest. And speaking of Larry Goodman, he is joining me here. I'm Stephen Platinum, and he is Larry Goodman. How are you doing tonight, Larry? I'm doing rather well. A little hot, but that's Atlanta in the summertime. No reason to complain about that. If you don't like it, don't live here. You know, I mean, that's that's what it, that's what you expect. It is so hot. Oh my God, in Florida, I'm dying. I saw people putting up pictures from like the inside of your car because you know they're always going to read what the temperature is right outside of the car which is always going to be you know probably a few degrees more than what it actually is and uh right somebody clocked right. in at 125 the highest i saw in a picture from georgia was 125 and cook an egg on that bastard you know here's a here's a weird little road story for you larry so i i okay Back in the day, before the interwebs um, was really a popular thing, we we had this thing called books, and um, I picked up this <laughs> weird little book. Uh, it's I, I mean, a number of the boys could tell you this. Whenever we we go on road trips, if there was any place that was like, you know, you see these signs, uh, you know, dollar books or you know, all books one to three dollars, I'm going to stop. Right. Like I'm going to like, oh, what books are here? I picked up this book on how to cook. It was like how to cook in unusual places. So it was recipes. And one of the things you could do was you could wrap things in tinfoil and cook it on your engine block. So you would <laughs> so you'd wrap the food up, put it on the engine block, start the car, do a drive. And then after a certain amount of time, you stop, take the food out and it would be cooked. Larry. It was some of the most delicious. You know the best thing that I ever made? It was the various kinds of fish that you would basically like, you know, you would just slice the belly open. You would take out all the guts and stuff, but you would catch the fish, cut it open, lay some, um, a little bit of dill with uh, lemon slices in there, wrap it up in foil, do your drive, finish your drive, best fish I've ever had. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so, these are the things that we used to have to do to keep ourselves entertained on the road. Now, I imagine the guys just look at their phones and not talk to each other. 
How was your How was your last weekend? Uh, it was fine. You know, I uh, the only um, uh, wrestling thing I did. Well, I caught I caught up on some wrestling because I had not watched um, NXT. So I watched NXT and um, watched Pro South and reviewed Pro South. That, that was my wrestling for the weekend and watched some Netflix stuff and uh, just hung out hung out with my uh, with my wife, which was which was fine. So it was pretty 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 mellow. Pretty mellow, but this week I'll be back in action because I'm I am going to go to Pro South really? Friday night. Yeah, I'm going to oh, see you're that. Going to Pro South. I'm I'm I am really excited for those guys for Pro South for uh, Southern Violence. Um, it's interesting that these shows are. Uh, the argument that I made in full disclosure was we've got a lot of these smaller shows that are doing basically what they did before coronavirus, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's Renegade. Um, Southern violence seems like they're hitting pace. I saw, though, that um, a number of people were trying to undercut the Southern violence thing, implying that that crowd number was not legitimate. I am of the mind that it was actually completely legitimate. Well, and you know who it was. It was the usual suspect. It's Chris Nelms and them who, these these guys, I swear, these ex-lovers drive me nuts, man. Like, (laughs) all these guys who used to work together, then they talk crap about each other. And then they show up at each other's shows, and then they're all taking pictures together, and they're all at the Waffle House, and then they go back to backstabbing. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, so it's well, Chris Nelms and them that are trying to undercut what that crowd was. Yeah, how about uh, uh, Asriel getting, you know, oh, selling yeah. out the socially distanced uh, Landmark Arena and turning people away, evidently. Uh, turning people so away. Didn't... I'm happy for Azrael. I mean, it's it's no huge secret at this point that he was one of the guys. He he wanted to buy APW, and ended up falling through for a number of reasons. But I'm glad to see. I, a lot of people would not think this of Azrael, which is to their detriment. Um, that guy's that guy's really smart, and he really loves wrestling. He's got a high re- Let me say this. He's got a high wrestling IQ, and so it's great to see him really throwing his hat into the ring. Um, and it's just great to see. Yeah, and he, he certainly could have done worse than to have C.T. Keys as his first champion, given given the roster he's working with there. Guys, mm-hmm. guys got some guys got got some ability and got a good look, and you know we'll see we'll see what he can do. So he's he's planning on coming back with another show next month if if all things being equal, and uh, you know he's able to run. Uh, of course, he was going to run outdoors anyway, so he'll run. He could probably run either way because he can still go outdoors. Uh, if there's if there's issues with running indoors at that point, especially um, and who, what I've heard is true that they're making it so at the landmark they can easily run outdoors. They can of course do it. They've shown that they can do it, but I think they're going to try to build a staging area out there and well, that kind of thing to help out with that. So the staging area, there was talk of that, but nothing's really like materialized on that, and oh. uh, not not as of yet. So at this point, um, Anarchy is not going to. They had, there were thoughts of running in July, but it looks like they're going to push back. I believe tentative. Don't hold me to this, but I believe tentative they're going to run the fifteenth. Or there's thoughts of running the fifteenth of August. Of August. Either fifteenth well, or twenty second. It's, it's funny that you say that because somebody I talked to yesterday when I asked them, when do you think Anarchy is going to run? They thought. July at the end of July. So, but then again, your source is probably more credible than well, mine when it, it comes to dates. 
Yeah, and in fairness, that was the the initial thought, and that was the thought when I was out there for their um, outdoor shows that it would, they would go yeah. uh, before the end of July. But apparently now they decided that's not the case. So August is shaping up to have a lot of uh, a lot of activity from a lot of companies that have been inactive. We got Southern Fried on the first, WrestleMericon yeah. the eighth, you know, Anarchy yeah. probably the fifteenth or the twenty second, and then. Uh-huh. Uh, Southern Honor on the on the 29th or the 28th, excuse me, on that Friday night. So it's going to be an interesting month. Here's a little here's a little trivia question for you. What major yes, star? What major star? And as far as I know, he's the only one is booked on WrestleMerica, Southern Fried, and Southern Honor. Or excuse me, yeah, and Southern Honor. Oh boy. Um. Michael Judas or is it somebody else? Correct. Correct for one hundred dollars. Yes, Judas is booked on all oh. three. And yeah, on top I mean, on I two just, of them. In my mind's yeah. eye, the, the only re- the reason I went there is because he's such a prominent part of that WrestleMerica poster, and that thing looks great. By the way, I think in the past WrestleMerica's posters have been pretty ordinary, but that one really stood out to me. So kudos to them for switching up the look a little bit. I liked yeah. it. Yeah. So um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And how about how about Alabama? You're going to have a three night swing this weekend in Alabama with uh, yeah. uh, the Logan Creed and uh, Logan in Brooklyn and uh, Pillman Jr. got themselves booked on all three nights. So they're they're doing uh, Pro South Friday night. Then uh, New Era is running over near Birmingham on Saturday, and then they're run doing New South on Sunday. So kudos to those three. <laughs> That's the name of the game, baby. That's the name of the game. Pillman Jr. definitely making the round. Boy, that guy is all over the place, huh? Yeah, I I wasn't aware that – I mean, I was clued in that he had been to um, Pro South once before. This is his second time in there. So, uh, mm-hmm. and of course, um, part of the reason I want to go is that uh, Joe Black and Pillman could, should be good. Uh, definitely. Lo- Logan and, and Austin Towers. We'll see if the Austin Towers uh, renaissance continues here um, versus in this rematch with Logan Creed. And he's got some other good matches on, on the card, too. He's, he's, he's booked a pretty, for pro style, a pretty stacked card. So we'll see. Yes, I mean, it's, 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 really, their, it's really a big show for them, correct? Because normally they yes. do – a big show in the spring, and instead of doing that spring big show for obvious reasons, they're doing it uh, this Friday. So that's exciting. Yeah, no, that's, I feel that's bad. Right. A number of people, number of people contacted me from Pro South asking if I had watched the last show, so if I could critique it. Man, Larry, I already watch way too much wrestling, yeah, and I would love to watch Pro South, and maybe I will. But the but really, it's it's tough for me to get to a thing because I'm going to have to find, find a way to squeeze in. By the way, AEW Dark tonight looks very interesting. Um, and I say that meaning that we're going to get some winners, um, that they're kind of pairing up these guys who have been losing um, as enhancement talent, and they're being pitted against each other. So either Pineapple Pete's getting a win or, you know, Serpentico's getting a win because they're putting oh, tag teams opposite of each other. Yeah. And so basically pretty much the whole Georgia and Florida crew that I know is pretty much represented tonight. Sean Dean is in a, in a six person thing as well. So 
there's just there's, it's hail hail the gang's all here and off the air larry i have some interesting things to tell you about who's going to show up at uh, aew dark in the next month or so it's, it's oh, you I... will never guess i'll tell you that I, I'm, I'm all guess. ears. Yes, uh, <laughs> our, our loss is AEW's uh, gain because we were hoping to have, we were hoping to have Sean Dean as one of our guests tonight, and of course he has better things to do. Yeah, and that's, and that's great news. I'm very happy for those yeah. guys. Um, yeah. and, and you know, and Griff Garrison, I think, has has made great inroads from what I've heard. Uh, just really happy for those guys. Um, I wanted to say proud, but then that would have sounded like I'm taking credit for something. I'm just really happy for the uh, Georgia and Florida talent who I really like a lot, who are getting seen, getting shots, making some decent money. That's another thing about AEW, a man, they, they way overpay and we love them for it. (laughs) 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 But I I say overpay, which of course nobody's overpaid except the fact that they're getting paid more than I used to. Um, But you know, it's nice to have a promotion that, on the surface at least, appears to be showing a, a little bit of love in a way that the WWE really does not. Um, just little touches and little things that show consideration and care. And uh, it's nice to have, and we need it right now more than ever. So, Hey, uh, before we bring uh, David Ali on, he'll, he should be with us mm-hmm. just a couple minutes here. I want to just circle back to the um, AEW and um, – NXT big shows last Wednesday and the um, throwing around of the word great, great matches, you know, mm-hmm. there were some good, there were some good matches on those shows, but to me, the only great match was Adam Cole uh, and Keith Lee and possibly yeah. the eight man on AEW. Um, yeah. That was, that was, that was the first spot fest, but like Cassidy and Jericho, I looked at, um, I'm not a, star rating person but i do did look at at um Meltzer's star ratings for those shows he had uh keith lee and adam cole at four and a quarter stars he had orange cassidy and chris jericho at four and a quarter stars now no fucking way <laughs> there's no I'm, way i larry let's make it clear i'm an aew homer I don't think there's any doubt about that. I love AEW. I mean, I cover Dark for crying out loud. Who the fuck else covers Dark, right? Like I do, because I really believe in the AEW product. However, as somebody who watched those shows, if people are trying to make Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho out to be Flair and Sting, um, they're sadly mistaken. Um, There's no comparison between those two matches. The, the Cassidy match, was it a good look for Orange Cassidy? Yes. yes. But yes. I, I don't think it was an incredible performance by Chris Jericho. It was definitely a less is more kind of match. And frankly, it was a foregone conclusion match. Whereas Cole and Lee, um, and again, I don't normally watch NXT except for the matches I really like. And that Cole match was great. I mean, it yes. was a great match. Um, it was. It like, like you said, I w- it's the only one I would call great. I would say the eight-man tag was great also in that it did something I didn't think was really possible, which is to elevate two of the teams to the level of the other two teams mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. have a couple of moments that are going to show up in AEW highlight reels forever. 
<laughs> the Canadian destroyer to the crowd. You, yes. you better not get sick of seeing that thing because you're going to see it a million times because it was spectacular. Um, it's one of those spots that I went, I wish they had a real-life crowd to see it because they would have lo- – I mean, they would have lost their minds. They would have gone bonkers. Yes. But, no, yes. Cole and Lee um, was exactly the match that it was supposed to be, and it felt like they were coronating Lee and that everybody was behind the move. It was just one of those rare sort of pure, perfect moments in wrestling. I thought that they really lived up to the moment with the match. And to have that match, given the size difference, and to make it credible, I was very impressed the, 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 mm-hmm. that, the, way, the way those guys work together. And, yeah, I mean, you, you pointed it out, Cornette pointed out, that Orange Cassidy's selling is really good. But some of his offense looks kind of indie-ish to me, even, you know, at this stage. It's just, you know, it's not it's not all that, you know, so, some, some of his uh, stuff. Um, but... Yeah, and oh, here's here's one more one more star rating thing, uh, Janella yeah. and Lance Archer. Okay, what what do you think Meltzer gave it? What do I think Meltzer? I know what I would have given it out of five stars. I would have given yes. that thing a one and a half. I would three, say three. Meltzer probably probably gave it Meltzer probably gave it a solid three and a half stars. Oh, uh, I gave yes, he gave it three and three quarter stars. Like what? Oh what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Archer, man! They're just ruining that guy. But anytime Cornette and I are in agreement, you know the world's in trouble, right? Hey, <laughs> like that's when you know that is. We used to say that about um, uh, my ex-wife. Now that her views on puppetry were so different than this guy Lucky Yates, who is a bit of a celebrity in the Atlanta area. Oh, I remember Lucky whenever, Yates, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a voice on Archer. He's, you know, he's, he's quite, the, quite the personality right now. And um, we used to say whenever Julie and Lucky Yates agreed on something that it was a stone-cold fact because <laughs> their views are so different. So it goes with Cornette and I. If Cornette and I are saying the same basic thing, just believe, you just take it to the bank. Um, well, that that's a you fact, both so. you both have said it numer- a number of times, and he, he you absolutely agree they need an adult in the room. Yeah, and I'm not so. even talking about a booker. I'm just talking about somebody there to run interference a little bit, um, somebody to run things through that doesn't have a financial stake in the game. Somebody who's not afraid to like you know who just and again. I think AEW, this is a bit of bias here. I think a, the guys at AEW are really looking to do the best thing that they can, independent of the salaries being kicked around and all that stuff. However, it's just, I mean, it's kind of like what I was saying about you can't book yourself in a show long term and do justice to the show. You just, it just can't be done. Um, not that there, there's been examples in history, but generally, if you're going to be in charge of the boys, you're better off not being one of the boys. And mm-hmm. I think AEW is running into the static of there needs to be somebody to go, no, this is too much. To, someone exterior to make that call of like, no, we're not going to give J- Joey Janela 10 minutes against Lance Archer. No. 
No, he's not going to get, <laughs> like, get all that offense against Lance Archer especially either. Especially when Nyla Rose is killing those bitches, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Nyla Rose had exactly the match that Lance Archer should have had. That's right. You said it. And there needs to be someone there to make that. Even on Raw, though, I mean, I feel like they need an adult in the room at times as well to go, yeah. like, someone it, needs to it, grab him and say, like, this is really boring. Yeah, no. If you, if, if you want to if, if you want to push Joey Janela and and Sunny Kisses to take him, you don't want Janela to take that loss. Then don't book him. Don't put him in that match. Put somebody else in there to take the beating from Lance Archer. You yeah, know, I, at least I mean, but, they're at least they're sort of listening. Like I've, you know, I'm not going to take credit, but I'm going to take credit for you know Lance Archer has stopped beating up staff members. I think that's a good yeah. call. So now they're having to be clever. Um, it was a clever way to have Sunny Kiss out there, but again. Oh, Lance, and it's, I, get the, I get the problem, is how do you book Brian Cage as an unstoppable monster and Lance Archer as an unstoppable monster? Like, but then the, the money is you can have Lance Archer against Brian Cage at some point, right, if they do this thing right. But, yeah, it, it feels like Lance Archer has already been ruined. So I hope that's not the case, but... Yeah, guys. It just seems talented, like such a waste. Talented guy. Yeah, but mm-hmm. and and then and, and well, I don't. We're just going to start talking about too many managers. But let's not get into that. Let's get our our guest has been waiting too long. Oh let's yeah, bring him Absolutely. on. He has. That's our savior, uh, man. We need to bring him on. Yeah, let's get this. <laughs> he's the savior. He's Georgia's wrestling history's most improved wrestler of 2019. He was off to a great start in 2020 until shit happened. Welcome to the Tipping Point, David Ali. Thank you for allowing me to come back again. Yes, sir. <laughs> what can I say, man? You just keep earning these spots, man. So, David, I just I, I'm going to throw the tough question at you right off the jump because that's what I do. So okay. that series that you put out was absolutely beautiful and brilliant. Why? What possessed you to do it? <laughs> like I watch those things and I admire them and I love them, but I go like, what was, I mean, for lack of a better word, they feel very risky, not in the sense <laughs> that you're like sh- shooting on wrestling. It's nothing like that, but it feels like it's, it's so different than what everybody else is doing, which is part of what I love about them. What was the thinking behind doing them? Um, well, <clears throat> first of all, let me put out there that when I first started doing these, I was like, these, I'll know these will catch traction whenever Steve Gladham talks about it and Larry Goodman talks about it. So <clears throat> thanks for <laughs> for looking at it. I really appreciate that. And um, yeah. thanks for your compliments on it as well. Um, I, I just saw WrestleMania, right? I saw the graveyard match, and um, I saw all the cinematic stuff they were doing, and I'm like, why is nobody taking advantage of this now with their character since there's no there's no limits at the moment? There's no booker or promoter telling you that, you know, you have to do A, B, C, and D at the 60s guidelines. There's no restrictions at the moment. And everybody's just sitting at home not doing anything. They're looking for things to to get lost through or lost in, and they're looking for things to binge. And... I was like, this is the perfect opportunity for me to elaborate just exactly what the savior is and could be. So, you know, WWE's the inspiration on that, unfortunately. <laughs> mm. 
I loved in the Exodus the way you, you worked in various other Georgia characters, if you will, over over the course of the episodes. That was really fun to see where different people were going to pop up and what they did when they did pop up. So uh, originally when I decided to, to do Exodus, um, it was actually going to center around me and Ashton Starr, uh, who's one of my best friends in wrestling, and uh, he wasn't able to, to help out with it, so... I was like, well, we're going to need some, no pun intended, star power. <laughs> so I reached out to my friends, and I was like, hey, are you guys doing anything? Or are you guys okay? Are you clean? <laughs> are you not sick or anything like that? Do you want to help out? And a lot of them had seen uh, the first two and liked it and wanted to be a part of it. So I got really fortunate in that. And I'm just, I'm really surprised that people like it because every time I put one of those out, especially the first one, I'm always like, oh, man, this is like, <laughs> this is the shit. Nobody's gonna like this. Well, they were they're very atmospheric and I I personally really like the musical choices for the for for those. Um yeah, I I I, I thought that I found them really interesting. Now, I am a real huge fan of Quentin Tarantino and he does that a lot in his movies. He'll use uh songs or music as another layer of helping progress the story. And those things really, really appeal to me, so much so that, like, I use those in, in my promos for, for matches. Mood music is, is I feel like it's just a sprinkle that people forget about sometimes. Um, are they – have we seen the last? Will there be more? No. No. Um, the recent spike in COVID, again, around, uh, like, the South – or around the world really um, has kind of delayed uh, the next few chapters of, of getting made, but there are six of them out right now. And in total, um, there's going to be about 10 of them. So we're almost there. We're almost at the end, but nice. as of right now, the filming has been halted, unfortunately. Okay. Now that these, um, now that shows are starting in, in August, in like some of the, well, let's just say it, some of the bigger shows in Georgia are finally running in August. Um, what's your impression of how well people have it together? <laughs> as far as, I mean, I don't know you want to exactly speak. I mean, like, like, do you get the impression that, like, all right, that, that these shows are very confident that they're going to be able to run without restrictions, because that's what it seems like to me. Correct me if I'm wrong, Larry, but it seems like everybody's sort of counting on, in August, everything will be okay. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, I don't know. I mean, is there is there contingency plans in place and any of that stuff, or is it like, I mean, because you, you're wrestling for the biggies, right? And so um, do they seem confident that everything's just going to be cool and you guys are going to be able to run and everything's going to be gravy? Or is there this like, well, we have these contingency plans in place. And if you don't know the answer or don't want to say that's fine as well, I understand. But I feel like, um, unfortunately, just like everywhere else and everything else in the world when it comes to COVID, nobody really knows anything. So, And mm-hmm. that's the scariest part because at that moment you're taking a risk whether you've gotten tested like that day and you're okay to go like every moment, like you're at risk for getting it. So anytime you step out of your house, it's a scary thing. Um, so 
nobody knows anything. We're all just taking risks at this point. The, the the one thing I can say as far as the crowds, not the wrestlers, of course, but that both at America and Southern Fried have already announced social distancing guidelines will be in place. I do not know, and I don't, I haven't seen anything. Maybe you guys have from Southern Honor about how they're going to handle that. But the other, the others are are going to plan to have socially distanced crowds. Gotcha. Uh, I don't. I'm I'm not sure how Southern Honor is going to run. That's a very interesting question that I didn't think about until just now. Um, <laughs> I, I do know that Southern Fried has already done a show outside. It was a really small show. It was at uh, David Manders' house. And right. I think they plan on doing it again. Uh, the poster is going to come out soon for the new address. So I feel more confident with an outside show like that. Um, Russell America, before everybody stopped having shows, their last show, they had social distancing inside a building. So I'm confident that they'll either stick to they'll stick to some kind of measure to keep everybody safe and distanced. Um, I'm praying, and I don't know if I should pray because I know that Southern Honor does a really good job at taking care or trying to be as legit legitimate as possible when it comes to how they produce the show whether it's for their fans or for the workers, um, yeah. I'm sure they'll have some kind of social distancing guideline as well. well David, are you booked, thing, are right? you booked for Wrestle America? I am, actually. Oh, well, there's another guy who's booked on all three. I said Judas was the only <laughs> one. You're, so you're, so you're, you're Southern Honor, Wrestle America, and uh, Southern Fried. Yep, and I even uh, crossed paths with Judas on the first – Champion versus champion at Southern Fry. One <laughs> on one, finally. <laughs> finally. Ah. Judas and I have been wanting to work each other for the longest. And boy, do I got something to prove. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and you're the and unlike Judas, you've been working during this whole thing and working against rather large dudes. Um, and, uh, <laughs> How would you sum up your AEW experience so far? I mean, people seem to be very positive coming out of those shows and that kind of thing. Did you have a similarly good experience? It's been really difficult to describe that experience just because of the dream. And, like, it's just really, it's really comforting to know that you can have a dream and have a dream for so long, and it feels so unattainable, and then you touch it. And when you touch it, it's like there's there's nothing else in the world like it, and nothing else will be like it. And the only thing you can do, the only thing you want to do, is just touch it again and be immersed in that. And that's exactly what that felt like. Um, uh, I, I've had a very interesting um, – <laughs> introduction into to, to the professional wrestling world uh did start off so great like I wanted it to and because of that I always felt like it, I was gonna be just a Georgia guy or I was I wasn't gonna make it as far as I had dreamed I was I would want to make it and just even having the opportunity knowing that I can do that that I'm able to to do that it's just all the it just puts all the gas in the world into a mobile that just wants to crash through everything. <laughs> yeah, man. 
Cool. I, I mean, it's, again, I, I say this again and again and again, and I, I know you get it. I know certainly you know Larry gets it. Like, this is such a great time in the sense that right now there's two states <laughs> that gets represented on the big platforms with new wrestlers, and that's Florida and that's Georgia. Everywhere else has been more or less shut out. Now, some guys are coming in from California and a couple guys from Texas, but for the most part, this has been the Georgia-Florida show as far as WWE goes, as far as AEW goes. And, man, that's why I cover all this stuff, because it's like it is a local story in a weird way. (laughs) Like covering AEW Dark is about, you know, even covering those, like, um, you know, road to shows, people are like, why do you cover those? I'm like, because Dylan is a big part of those. And it feels like, it feels stupid to not celebrate local guys getting, getting their due and getting a shot. And so, uh, I mean, I get excited. I get excited to watch AEW Dark. I mean, watching Raw is a chore. Watching AEW Dark is fun (laughs) for me. Um, So it's just great to see. And of course, when you popped up there, and, I mean, I have to say this, this is going to hurt other people's feelings, but I'll just say it. The video that you got, now, they all are very similar, right? I mean, it's cool that you guys get entrance videos and music and all that stuff. There's something about yours that seems a little better and a little special. Am I crazy in that? Did you have some kind of input on what it looked like? I mean, I'm not saying somebody was playing favorites with you, but it feels like, Yours, a lot of people's felt very generic, and yours felt a little more stylish and a little more like it suited you. Um, am I off in that? <laughs> so, very interesting story, right? Well, to me, anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so, I'm about to go out, and this whole time, I've seen, like, Danny, I've seen Ryan, and those are, like, my really, really, like, close friends um, in Georgia, and, of course, you know, Angels and Lee, and I've seen all these guys on there, and I saw their Titantron, and I'm like, oh, that that kind of suits them. That doesn't really suit them. Oh, it kind of suits them. And going out, I was like, there's no way I'm not looking at my Titantron, like, with my own eyes. I'm not just going to watch it on TV or on my friend's phone. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to look at my Titantron because I may not ever see this again. <laughs> I may go to sleep and die tonight, so I'm going to see this. So I come out and I look up at it and it's it's basically my font and like my color scheme and I'm like what in the fuck is happening right now? What is happening? <laughs> and it it blew my mind and I and <laughs> the story actually gets funnier. It blew my mind so much that when I went down to the ring and I got up on the post and I did like the the pandering thing, I went up to the other post. They cut this out for me because again Somebody loves me somewhere, but I go up the other post and I start to do the pandering thing. And as soon as I step up on the second buckle, I fall through the ropes. So I fall to my entrance. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the, they split the crowd up like baby and face and all the babies are looking like, oh, yay. And I'm just like, "Ah." (laughs) I deserve to get beat up by Lance Archer right now. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't know how that happened. I don't know. I have no idea. And everybody that like saw it said the same thing. They're like, Whoa, they they just took your font and used it 
Do they know? Do they ask you? And I'm like, no, nobody asked me. I had no inclusion on what the music or what the Italian song was going to look like. Mm. Nothing. So it was a yeah, I mean, very, very good surprise. <laughs> to, to me, it seems very apropos because, like I said, I, it, it feels like AEW cares just a little bit more, whether it's having a cake and singing happy birthday to Jake Roberts on his birthday, which – he said has never happened at a wrestling organization. Larry, can you imagine that? I mean, I know wrestling has been a hard scrabble business, but how long was with the Jake Roberts with the WWF and they didn't ever get that guy a cake? Like what? <laughs> like, what are these heartless monsters, right? But <laughs> AEW really does seem to care. I remember, you know, when the thing with Chad Gaspard happened, you know, Tony Khan's the first guy who opens up his checkbook. And I just... It's it's stuff like that that it really gives me hope, um, you know. And the fact that all you guys are getting this shot to get on television. I, I think about what I had to do <laughs> to get on, you know, Jack and Metal for, <laughs> for WWF so I get kicked <laughs> in the face by test, you know. And I'm like, um, it's like, and it's so great. Uh, it's just so wonderful. And, you know, like John Cruz is a guy that I just adore from uh, Florida. And, oh, uh, my God. Like, I love Serpentico. That is my boy. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and just seeing all these people that I used to book, and now they're finally – they're getting kind of a renaissance, whether it's like Mia Yim or Leva Bates or um, – mm-hmm. it, just, it just pleases me so much. And uh, that's why, like, the part of full disclosure that cut off was me talking about, like, can we put a moratorium for a little while on people, um, like, bad-mouthing other people just for, like, a month? (laughs) Can we just be happy that people are getting stuff, that wrestling groups are running? Do we really have to go after Southern violence at this point? Can't we just go, like, cool, 200 drunk people are willing to show up for a wrestling show? Thank God, you know, and just be happy for a little while. Or Pro South, it's just like, like, why would you have anything bad to say about Pro South? It was just like, they're doing their show, and we should be glad that they're around and there's a place for the guys to learn and do their thing. So, but like David, now you only got a few months to the end of the year, and it feels very weird, right? But I'm saying that in four months it'll be the end of the year. Um, do you have any kind of goals set? Now that shows are ramping up, are you really focused on the AEW thing? Or obviously you're getting booked everywhere and anywhere. So do you have any kind of goals that you haven't hit yet? Um, I definitely my, – my number one goal actually was to venture up north uh, a lot more. At the beginning of my career, I was going up there a few times, and I really want to go back just to spread – uh, the word, if you will. Um, but as, as far as goals are concerned, right now, I just I just want wrestling to come back, and I just want to perform. Um, I really I really want to take care of myself and, and others, so that way we can all have shots to get back on AEW. So I just want to be able to perform as safely as possible. And one thing that I hope if other bookers in Georgia are listening, I really, 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 really hope, and I really suggest that there are some other guidelines to how we produce the show as far as, like, keeping people safe and not sick are concerned, maybe, like, temperature checking 
or I, I know it can get expensive to have blood work done and stuff like that, but I I feel like we all just need to keep everybody safe if we don't really know like how this thing is going to work. Because I just want wrestling to to continue, and that's only continue if we keep each other safe and healthy. And because because God, I I just love this shit. I <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> I'm addicted to it, and I just want to survive. If anything survives through COVID. I wanted to uh, – two other questions, David. One is, you know, you had started doing the Savior kind of stuff before the Exodus videos. What prompted your shift in that direction? Uh, so they always say that if you have a character, that it should be like a, a exaggerated version of yourself. And yeah. the things that you feel and things of that nature. And I've always, when I first started, I was a street fighter. And I didn't really know how to, I guess, um, I didn't really know how to, to tell a story of that gimmick that well. And I, I think that's why a lot of people didn't really bite onto it as, as much. Um because I would be a street fighter, but I would also, like, say these things about, like, other promotions that I want to work at, and it didn't make sense that I would be upset with them and then want to work for them, and it didn't really make too much sense in that direction. So I just thought about exactly what I was saying or what I wanted to say as a character, and through... Actually, through promo game, I was able to to get some good bookings to where like I was able to go over on people um, consecutively. And after that, I was like, well, maybe I can tell people that I'm going to win without having to tell them that I'm going to win. And so I started saying that I was a prophet. And then from me being a prophet, after I won um, the Spinebuster Championship belt, after I won their belt. I started saying that I was the savior because I I could be a prophet and I could do these things. And so from that point, I was not only going to save Spinebuster from all the shitty wrestlers there, but I was going to save all the other promotions in Georgia, starting with Georgia, from all the old wrestlers who won't go away and try to give the future a chance if they wanted to join me that they could. And that's that's pretty much how the, the savior became that. Okay. It's not like Seth Rollins where he thinks he's Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Completely different. <laughs> well, you're you're the switch to me. Even though you were losing at Southern Fried at one point, there was something about the way that you were working the savior thing that felt very upper card main event. And then it when it started to sort of fall into place, it felt very natural. Like the Seth Rollins thing it doesn't work. I have to watch the thing every fucking Monday, right? And, <laughs> and I'm like, all right, where's this going and what's it doing? And it just feels very, it feels very affected. It feels very forced. Whereas your thing, I think, and you know, those promos that you do help immensely because they're so, they're like three steps technology wise over what everybody else is doing. So it gives it this credence, but it doesn't work if you can't cut a promo. It doesn't work if you don't have a legitimate voice that comes through the lens and the character. And it felt like everything just came together where it's like, this guy's ready to be a main eventer, 
or at least a guy who's considered on your card. Like if you said like, oh, who's on the card, you would be one of the four names they would say, right? And so then you'd given yourself, the street fighter feels like a journeyman nothing gimmick. You know, it's, I mean, I know Alan used to get mad when I would say like, the bar fighter sounds like, I mean, that doesn't sound like anything that I could even do in PCW. And I thought that I could book anything. And I'd be like, how the fuck would I book the bar fighter? Right. But, but you found your groove. Um, and it sort of permeates your, your swagger and everything else. It's just one of those, those gimmicks that feels like it really fits you and it suits you and you make better by, by doing it so well. So it's great. I love it. I really got odd for that. Todd and, and Dylan, uh, the, the bookers of Southern Pride and Southern Honor, mm-hmm. not Southern stuff. Because um, Todd was booking me. It started with Todd booking me in a sense that I was the uh, the heavyweight killer. So that was the the one aspect of of the gimmick that that I wanted to get over was that getting all these older guys out or the the heavyweight guys that thought they were just better because they were bigger or whatnot. And yeah. it started with that. And at Southern Honor, they started allowing me to wrestle Kyle Matthews and other, like, Georgia legend guys so that way I could say that I'm going to beat these legend guys and they need to get out of here and stuff like that. So if it wasn't for them and them, like, really – if it wasn't for them giving me the ball to – just a ball to roll with, then I don't think any of the, the success that I've gained afterwards would have been possible. So i got to thank them a lot. Yeah, they, they really but, but they were they were putting you in a position to put other people over, but in a sense it could be done because you could always get your heat back. Like to me, that's the that's that's the difference between a pro and someone who doesn't quite get it. Like wins and losses, blah blah blah. But like, I mean, I remember you you lost to Jacob Ashworth because they they're obviously they're pushing Jacob Ashworth to the moon at Southern Fried. But in the loss, you claimed a weird victory. It was like, oh, I made him bleed. And I remember thinking, like, oh, see, he gets it. Like, <laughs> you're a heel. You claim any victory you can, and you deny every loss. I mean, that's Jake Roberts 101, right? You're just like, yeah, I made that, yeah you saw me make that big boy bleed. I'm awesome. And I was just like, that's great. No one's going to remember who won and who lost. They'll remember David Ali making him bleed. And I was like, yeah. so smart. It's so great. Wow, um, you know, I really gotta, I gotta thank you guys too, because like, I, I remember, and I always say this every time I come on or every time I talk to you guys um, in any kind of form, but like, just you guys give out critiques about what you see in wrestling from a grander stage and our stage. You compare the two, and you give us something to, to, I, I guess, um, you give us like a skeleton to go by, if anything else. And I feel like a lot more people should just listen or, you know, just, just give it a thought. Try it out. Try something different, especially if nothing's working for you, because I was in that situation where things weren't working for me, and I didn't exactly have, um, like, a, a, a trainer at the time in my life who was, like, helping me with these concepts and stuff. But you guys are out there. You guys are watching our stuff if nobody else is. And you're you're critiquing us, and you have all these things to say. People should just listen, and and things will start to come together. Like I feel like that's what's happened for me. So I, I hope that that happens for other people who listen or who watch. Thank you, man. Like I mean, Larry gives a shit. 
I don't know why, but Larry Kim is hands for 20 years, I don't know why. right? And I was like, I don't know why, but he does. And I do too. Like, you know, Austin Towers went from bitching and moaning because I called him out, but I called him out because it's like, dude, you should be doing more. And I was absolutely right. And it wasn't to bury him. It's right. Nobody knew who right. that fucking dude was. How can you be that big and nobody knows who you are? Right. So I was just like, dude, come get it. And, you know, I'm not taking credit for it, but now he and I converse on a different level, right? He'll, he goes like, thanks for saying that thing about me and Joe Black. It's like, no, thank you for not wasting your limitless potential. You know, yeah. like, Sometimes it's you need great. That, that back face. Yeah. You know, sometimes that. Like, you told me I shit the bed, and I was like, oh, I can't have any accidents like that anymore on, <laughs> on any kind of podcast. I can't do that anymore. And just, like, from there to just, like, like I said, all the, uh, you know, the critiques and the videos and stuff, like, there's there's not a handbook to how to handle yourself as a wrestler, how to sing right. or how to handle yourself backstage. But, like, and there's not, like, a, a local – I always tell people you guys are, like, the local uh, PWI. And that's basically what you guys are. You guys are, like – or like even uh, when WWE had the Fox backstage thing, like you guys are like that. You guys are like the the insight to what's happening in our area. And if I feel like if you're especially if you're young enough, you want to conquer your territory and then conquer other territories. Because I mean, there's still yeah. territories. Let's say, but like you want to conquer your territory first and then conquer other territories or your territory while you're conquering other territories. But yours specifically and that's how you know where you're at on the totem pole of what shows are good or like what shows you're doing is by like you know listening to you guys georgia world history so i'm done putting you over i'm done okay (laughs) one i i got one more question for you it seems like you've come through covid uh the covid period in pretty good shape Am I right about that what helped you get through it what was most challenging for you about that time period um i actually had um and i don't really talk about this and i probably won't talk about this too much more but i actually had um a really dark period during uh the quarantine especially the first quarantine um Mm. because i worked at ddp yoga and uh they closed down pretty early i was in quarantine a lot longer than a lot of other people have um, yeah, and so, and that's the other w- way that the Exodus Project was born too. Because I just I was here just thinking like, what happens to a wrestler when you can't wrestle anymore? Like you you hit the pavement Saturday, 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 Sunday, 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 Friday, 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 and it's nonstop getting gear, working, buying stuff, traveling, and then there's nothing. And like you, when what people don't really realize who are fans, I guess, <clears throat> or promoters who don't really, like, really understand wrestling, it takes a lot of yourself to portray a character that people get or people, you know, like or anything like that. It takes a lot of yourself to do that. And when you put so much into it and then it's not there anymore, it 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 drove me mad. I don't know about any of the other wrestlers, but it drove me crazy. And... um Hope, thankfully, that didn't last too long, and after that, I've just 
you know, I've just been, like, you know, trying to keep clean and just trying to stay positive. And I work out all the time. So <laughs> there's no reason not to if I have weights at home. So I just, you know, try to look good and just try to keep wrestling in the forefront of my brain. That's, like, the one thing that's getting me through COVID is wrestling. Great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's, it's it's your success story. And it's, and it's hard because, again, so many – from the groups that had momentum – to the individual wrestlers, to different people, and all of a sudden it's gone. I mean, I've, I've never seen anything like that, and it was crazy. I was trying to imagine myself, like, when I was wrestling actively, what the fuck would I have done if they'd said for, for three months, you know, you go from, like, average four to five bookings a week to nothing. Like, I yeah. – and, I mean, at least there was the Internet, and, and certain guys, I think – I managed to up their stock unbelievably. I think you're one of them. I think you're one of a handful of guys and women who managed to make the best you could out of a bad situation and maybe even a little bit better um, coming out of it. And uh, what else can you do? I mean, what, 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 what more of an, uh, a role model can you really be? Um, you know, I always tell the guys, like, I always say wrestlers nowadays have the wrong role models, right? They, they look at someone like The Undertaker and they go like, yeah, The Undertaker. It's like, yeah, but your career is nothing like The Undertaker's, right? Like, <laughs> you should be <laughs> – I mean, which is really harsh to say, but there's guys there who have been working – you know who the guys should be inspired by? Our truth Like, that's the career that you want that's attainable where it's like, that guy's been working for decades, you know, and right. he's done everything that's asked of him stayed in an impeccable shape. I mean, when I told my kids, like, oh, yeah, that guy's 50, they were like, yeah, sure. Like, I know he's not dad. He's like, like, you were born in College Park, Georgia. You know black don't crack. Like, that man is 50 years old. <laughs> and it's just like, but, like, that's, and now you're one of the guys. I mean, you know, you're the old man now, Ace. Like, you're not the new guy anymore. And so now there's a new crop of dudes that can follow guys like you or Ashton, or I think there's a number of guys out there really doing a great job. So thanks for reminding me about my age. Really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can count up there. So. <laughs> no, you're right. I think about it a lot. Like I'll get back there and like, there's like, like Hunter Drake or something or somebody will be back there. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm so old. What is happening? <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. So just like, and I, I love, like, Kenzie DePage to death, and, like, she's such a sweetheart. But, like, when I get around her sometimes, I'm like, oh, man, I'm just – even, like, Danny. A lot of times with Danny, I'm just like, man, I'm so old back here. What is happening? <laughs> but, yeah, um, I, I think especially with everything that's going on now in wrestling with with the things mixed in in our locker rooms, like Black Lives Matter and, like, the, the Speak Up movement, like – all these things are just calling for the locker rooms to get new locker room leaders because the old way has never – that's the reason why it's called old school is because it's old school. Nobody's nobody's ever – it's never going to be the thing again. It's dead. It's gone. And, like, all that just needs to be out. And I I, I really – I never knew how far I was ever going to get in wrestling. Um but I always knew that or always thought that if I was going to be in this business anywhere 
between 10 and 15 years that it was going to be my responsibility to make sure that nobody ever, ever made me feel like I couldn't walk up to them and talk to them or ask them for, for information about anything. I want to be the guy that people can come to whenever, however, whether it's on Facebook or Instagram, and I, I want them to come to me and ask me about things. I don't know everything in the world, but I've been super fortunate enough in my small little four years of wrestling to have gotten some insight from some some crazy people that I shouldn't have gotten insight from. And yeah. I, I I feel like if it's something to be – when people think about, like, the traditions in the locker room, like shaking hands and things like that, it's such a, a lineage thing that, like, when you get into wrestling, you're like, oh, that's cool. I, I just want to be a part of that, that that lifestyle. And there's a way to make that okay for everybody and not shun people out because of their gender or race. And Agreed. Absolutely. That's what I want to do. Yes. That probably, the answer yes. probably took forever get out but <laughs> no because really... it's a nuanced it's a nuanced intelligent answer i think I'm a, I'm a big believer in the the spirit of the traditions can remain while the negative negative symptoms of them can be eliminated <laughs> you know it's like there's a way to bring in new people in sort of a fun spirited way without fucking hazing guys in inappropriate right. ways like, right. you know, I had to teach Rick Michaels that when he came into PCW and he was just like, oh, I'm going to hide this guy's boots or I'm going to make it that he goes out of the ring and he doesn't know what he's doing. And so, like, I, mean, I just went, like, we don't do that here. Like, if we want <laughs> – not that we're above hazing or making fun of things. My God, it's me. You know, usually that meant if I felt something needed, something needed to be straightened out, I didn't have somebody go beat somebody up. I mean, that is so archaic and stupid. I would dress as the war horse in secret and just, you know, run them around the ring a little bit and you know, <laughs> tire them up and blow them out, and then they wouldn't realize so we'd get back to the locker room, and I'd take off the mask, and they're like, oh, it was fucking Steve. No wonder you weren't listening to anything I wasn't calling out and it was like yeah but i didn't harm them and i didn't you know um i don't know there's just there's just ways to get to all of this stuff and i know it because i ran that locker room i mean we have 70 percent black guys and women pushed prominently and gay guys booked his faces and like it's not that hard to do and it just guys have to just get on board and the boys have to get on board and insist that it be that way and it will be because the, the, the shit doesn't run. People always say, like, you got to have fans. Well, you know what we found out? No, you don't. But the thing doesn't run without talent. Wrestling should always be a talent-first business, and that's how it's going to save itself. It's got to be the hey, talent. You're going to have real talent, you know? You know who teaches that lesson the best so far that I've seen? Uh especially with the younger people like trying to get on shows or trying to learn how to wrestle is QT Marshall. He's that's like his number one. He's just so good at like giving you the insight about like how you need to be, how you need to work and how to do it safely. So everybody goes home. Okay. Like he's, yeah. he's like, uh, yeah. like getting into anybody and honing it in. So that's the other kind of confidence that I have of our newer, our newer generation coming up. Because um, like like I said, when I started, it wasn't it was still like it was still like very like and and that was the other difference that I noticed with doing like a AEW 
versus doing like a, a ROH or like doing anything backstage for WWE. Um, not that I have, but like just when you're in like a venue where there's WWE guys at, but you're always trained to like, like not like really associate with them. Like let them, like you stand over here yeah. and let them be over their own world. You let them come to you and stuff like that. And AEW was very like welcoming, open arms kind of way. And that's, that's kind of like the, the direction that I feel like our newer generation is going to go in. So I have, and that's the other reason why wrestling did succeed so much is because like, I know is with all these things coming out and everybody like acknowledging these things and now knowing what to look for, if they didn't to help one another out, it's just going to be a lot better time in the locker room. You know, yeah. there's nothing better than when you first get to a show and you're in the locker room and you like everybody in the room. I fucking, I love that. That's my favorite thing about going to a show. I find that a lot at, like, you know, my Southern Honor and my Southern Pride shows. But, you know, when you travel, when you get into that locker room and everybody in there is cool as fuck, there's nothing, like, there's there's no way you're not going to have a good show. Yeah, yeah. that's probably one of the Great. I mean, it's like that in every other field, but wrestling has always insisted on doing it differently, and they're finding out they're wrong. Great working environments breed great products. And there's a way that you can be respectful without being overtly deferential. And I, wrestling is going to have to figure out that balance. Uh, and they're going to have to, like, clear some cobwebs out and some shine some light on some dark corners in the room, clearly. But it can be done. It's already being done. So I refuse to just concede that, like, wrestling is going to suck or, or, you know, like, oh, it's just always going to be that way. And, you know, guys getting into pissing contest because somebody didn't introduce themselves right away. I mean, like, that stuff is so archaic. It is. <laughs> it is. So it can be fixed, and you guys are helping to fix it. So. Yeah. Um, yes, and, I mean, I just – I just want wrestling to come back. <laughs> Basically, I just want it to come back so bad. I miss it. I miss it so much. Well, David, this has been a pleasure. Thanks for giving us some of your time this evening. And um, yeah, this has been real fun. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me again. I keep every time again. Every time I get invited to come on, I'm surprised. So <laughs> I, I appreciate it. So anytime you guys want to have me on again, don't don't be shy. You know, hit me up. I definitely, well, I definitely like talking to you guys. I definitely love talking about wrestling. I'm sure that you'll be on uh, the next Georgia Wrestling History Awards show in some capacity. <laughs> um, that's my prediction. I'm just going to throw out there right now. And uh, and best of luck with everything, man. Really, you're, you're killing it. You're doing great. Keep providing that example for the other guys as well. Hey, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate thank it, guys. You. Sure. Have cool. a good one. <laughs> yes. Well, Larry, that was awesome. He's always a great guest. Always, I mean, I, I just it. He's doing great. I don't, even, you know, I hate saying anything that even implies taking credit because that that guy has made his way and just improved, improved, improved. And now you can't say, you know, it's not about being the most improved. It's about being one of the top guys and mm-hmm. innovating and getting his just due. It's great to hear, man. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, but we're going to be back next week, right? We need to make That's sure right. That. So, and, and, and who's Griff our guest Garrison. next week? Griff Garrison. Griff Garrison. We'll have our guest next week. Another guy who's making his, 
his way during this uh, difficult period in, in, in advancing. And we're going to talk to him about his experience also at AW and, and other things. Awesome. Well, we're going to see you next week then. Thank you to David Ali for Larry Goodman. I'm Stephen Platinum. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you once again on The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.